Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Why don't we just take off and go someplace? I'm sick and tired of this town. You're the only friend I got here. You mean go and stay gone? Jason, no, I don't know. Hey, we go to Mexico. Be back sometime Monday. You reckon to pick up and make it? Yeah, mind how much money you got? Oh, 30 bucks, about. Well, I got 40. We can make her on that. Come on. Okay. Hey, where are you going? Mexico. Where? Better come with us, Sam. We're headed for the valley. Who and where did you say? Mexico. Uh, here's about the wireless. All the way down. You going all the way to Mexico tonight in this old heap of junk? <laughs> God. Reckon the town get along without us till Monday? Oh, I reckon. If I was young enough to bounce that far, I'd go with you. Need any money? No, we got plenty. Well, you better take some for some insurance. Take money below that border, it sort of melts sometimes. Thanks, Sam. And try not to drink too much of that buggy water. Oh, we'll just drink beer and tequila. <laughs> oh, you catch the clap, you wish you hadn't drunk nothing. <laughs> oh, well. We'll see you. Hello? Hello and welcome to Book Versus Movie. This is a podcast where we read books that have been adapted into movies and then we try to decide which we like better, the book or the movie. I am Margo P. of ColoniaBook.com and this is my good friend and co-host Margo D. of Brooklyn Fit Chick. Hi everyone. We have a super fun episode. Like we already started talking about it before we, but we thought, oh no, we start recording. <laughs> <laughs> this is magic. <laughs> um, it's going to be really good. Yeah, we have a lot of thoughts. Uh, but before we get into that, if you are brand new, yes, we do. We talk about movies that have been adapted, not just from books. Uh, we try to do a brand new episode every single week since the start of the pandemic. And so that means we do consider some other shorter literary sources. In this case, it is, in fact, a book, but sometimes it's a magazine article or a play or a song, even. If you have ideas for books and movies that we can cover, we are. it's now the start of Pride Month. There are several places where you can meet other listeners, interact with us, make your suggestions on the internet. Yes, we do have a basic Facebook page, and you can be sure to like that. The episodes are posted there right away, but we're much more interactive in our Facebook group, which is a private group you have to join, but we really do talk about just books and movies there and some pop culture and old movie stuff. Thaddeus was kind enough to post at the very top 
the running list of the books that we've already covered or the, the films we've already covered and also people's ideas. That's another post that's going. But you could reach out to us there with your ideas. And we always say it needs to be something we can get our hands on because sometimes, you know, things just aren't available. And that includes with the movie, it has to be on a major streaming app. So we have to be able to get the movie pretty easily. So we also have a private Facebook group. Like I just said, type in Book VS Movie Podcast Group and ask to join. On Twitter and Instagram, you can spell out book versus a movie, and you can reach out to us there. And please reach out to us there if you're out there. And we have an old-timey email, book versus movie podcast. You spell that all out at gmail.com. We will also be happy to send you some stickers if you would like some stickers. We got a window sticker thing, and we've got regular stickers. So if you're interested, please send us your address, or you could just, like I said, send suggestions there. What is it? It's called like a cling or something like that right. that you put on the inside of the window. Anyway, <laughs> if you really, yes, I have one. Um, if you really enjoy the show and you would like to help keep us in books and movies, you can even support us on Patreon. Right. I want to say thank you to Stacy who just joined our Patreon page. Thank you, Stacy. We've been doing the show for over nine years now. It's going to be our 10th year next year. So we have dozens and dozens and dozens of movies that are no longer in the basic stream that we have. We have over two years of episodes there. But on Patreon, we just put up just in the last few weeks, Blue Crush, Steel Magnolias, A Room with a View, Top Gun, Of Mice and Men, The Prime of Miss Jean Brody, Enola Holmes, and Harold and Maude. Coming up, we're going to have His Girl Friday, Little Women, The Ghost of Mrs. Muir, The Perfect Storm, and some more coming up. So if you're interested, we have a couple of very, very affordable options, and it just helps us with getting the books and the movies, really, mostly. But if money's tight, we totally understand. If you could just leave us some stars in iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, good pods, that would really mean a lot to us. It helps us find our people. Dang, we've covered a lot of movies. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. I was forgetting. Then you start naming them. I'm like, oh, yeah, we did that right. one. Oh, yeah, we did that one, too. Oh, there's so much to talk about this week. So much. This movie came out. When did the book come out? Just so I'm 1966. clear. 1966. Okay. So the book comes out in 1966. The movie came out a little before I was born. So I've never lived in a world without Peter Bogdanovich on Dick Cavett, is what I'm trying to say. This was such a cultural touchstone very much in the same vein as saturday night fever um it's something that really captivated this i would even go so far as to say like star wars like it was a big big deal we should begin of course with the source material and our author but we, we're gonna be talking about the last picture show i'm trying to think if i've ever i think i have seen it on the big screen I, have you? I, no, it's always been. I think I did. On TCM or something like that. I, re, I, I We had a, we used to here in San Diego have an art house. We had actually, we had a number of them. They're all sadly gone now, but, um, and they used to show old movies like this. And I think I saw it at the Ken, which is no longer, didn't survive the pandemic. And it's very cool to see on the, on the big screen. But we're going to start with our author because he's kind of a big deal too. I would say so. I've been doing a deep dive on Larry McMurtry. I kind of started my Paul Newman crush when I was way too young when I saw HUD. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, big old Paul Newman, like old man crush. Oh. I called it. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's based on Larry McMurtry's first novel, Horseman Pass By. He was born 1936 in Archer City, Texas, which is where our story takes place, even though he calls it uh, Thalia or Talia something else mm -hmm. in the book. Talia like a singer. Right. 
<laughs> and I'm trying to just kind of say he's he's won the Pulitzer Prize. He's been nominated for an Oscar 34 times. He's had 13 wins. This is just one person. He is <laughs> a legend in the in the publishing industry. He's he wrote the he won an Oscar for Brokeback Mountain, which he co-wrote with his partner Diana Asana. He's just this incredible human being. I don't even know what to say. So many books. I know. So many uh, screenplays. Uh, Lonesome Dove. Lonesome Dove, which was Terms like of Endearment. Juggernauts. Um, you didn't see uh, movies. I mean, Texasville, which is the sequel to this, uh, The Evening Star. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, on and on and on and on and on. He, a huge deal. Right. And he so he's written a lot of television. He's written film. He was born in Texas. He was raised in a home where there weren't a lot of books. It was more verbal storytelling. But then when he was able to read, all, he couldn't get his hands off of books. He constantly read all the time. He went to Rice University, University of Texas, married young, divorced young, had a kid. He was just very successful, was able to have a career where he was a writer. And he pretty much stayed in the same town most of his life, he had the same post office box for 70 years. I know somebody wrote him a fan letter and got one back like two years after she <laughs> sent it and sent it to that wow. post office. Yeah. He, he collected antique books. He was very passionate about writing and publishing and helping authors. Uh, you know, he was an interesting man. He passed away in 1984 in Archer City, Texas, which is the basis of our movie today. And you could do a whole, I'm sure people get their college thesis on Larry oh. McMurtry. Sorry, he sorry he passed away at 84. Yes. During the pandemic uh, in 2021. Yes, what did I say? Yeah, you said he passed away in 1984, I think. I'm sorry, no, um, not, he was still going. He <laughs> um, was just getting and started. And late in life, late in life, he married again uh, the Ken- widow of Ken Kesey. Yeah, I guess the- she had a type. Yeah, Ken Kesey, who wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, who had the whole merry pranksters that traveled across the country in a painted bus in the early 60s. At one point, they dropped off at Larry McMurtry's home in Texas. He only knew her, met her four times before he married her. And uh, yeah, quirky. This guy, very, very quirky. He wrote on a typewriter. He just just a really smart, unusual human. And Norman Mailer, I've th- we've talked about Norman Mailer before. He said he couldn't read Larry McMurtry's books because he would start writing, starting to write like him. Like he just like that, that much of an effect on people. Yeah, so yeah. That is our author today. And it's funny, you know, it's 30 when he has his first, this big success. And then it's 30 when Peter Bogdanovich directs his first film. So mm-hmm. there's something about the male genius <laughs> in 30. It's interesting to me that this book, I mean, uh, as hailed as he is and, um, and rightly so, but it's interesting to me that the book, this particular book of all of his books is not one that people generally like point to as hugely influential. People kind of more talk about the movie than they do about this book. Whereas I, I feel I feel like in the culture anyway, his other books like Lonesome and Dove in terms of Dear and all that, uh, people talk tend to talk about them equally. But um, I don't know. I don't know. Let's let's talk about this book because the the movie I I hadn't I've seen the movie as I said many many times. 
And I kind of expected having, but I'd never read the book. Having read the book, I was expecting that the movie would be quite different, more different than it is, but it's actually pretty true to the book. It's just that we've cut some of the subplots out. Um, yeah. Which I think is really interesting. So, so, but there's a lot, yeah. So there's a lot more in the book. He is still quite a young writer, I feel like, when he's written this. Um, so there's some stuff that kind of, but, um, but on the whole, as a story, I think it's a very good story. You could kind of say like there's a, maybe like Stephen King, like the first couple of books, maybe the writing wasn't at the par yet that he would become. Right. But the story Correct. was interesting and his observations yes. about people are very interesting. I mean, I was saying, yeah. um, they don't even have a Wikipedia page for the book. Normally there's a Wikipedia page. For no. Them, and I couldn't find anything. So I. And, like for, I, for I, a pretty major, a pretty major guy and a pretty major one of his works. Yeah. You would think that there would be something, but, um, but no. And, and in fact, if you read, the synopsis of the movie, I mean, it pretty much reads as a synopsis of the book because um, all of the major uh, beats are there and characters are there. But as we said, there's there's some um, and actually even the minor characters are in the movie. We just don't get their stories like we do in the book. And, and I'm kind of fine with that. Yeah. Yeah. I Yeah. So it's it's based on this town, Talia. It's 1951. We have our leads are our t- and it's what is interesting and, and a lot of people point this out about him is he did, really does some interesting thing with his women characters, female characters. Yeah. He makes them very full blooded and, and and interesting. Yes. They have motivation. And, and in this work in particular, now that you bring that up, in this work in particular, then they're not only interesting women characters, they're they're all very interesting. All the female characters are three-dimensional people. Um, but the most interesting are the the middle-aged women in the in the story, the the moms, if you will, um, have the most interesting backstories of everybody else, and the, they're just the most fascinating characters in the in the book. Um, it takes place the the course of the action takes place. We're not completely clear. It seems to be like the last year of high school for these young people. It's a little vaguer in the in the book than it is in the movie. Peter Bogdanovich makes the decision to like give them kind of finite uh, a finite more finite time frame. Uh, the book starts with the, it's the morning after some big football game that the hometown team has lost, um, and. I'm not from Texas. My people are all from Texas. I'm not from Texas myself, but I do know that football is a very big deal there. Yeah, it's it's football and God, I think, are kind of like right next to each other in Texas. There's we will one day what people have been talking about Friday Night Lights, because that was a very popular book in the original movie. And then it became a TV series. These kids are on this football team that had won one championship years and years before, but their team doesn't do very well. So we have Sonny and Dwayne and their high school seniors. It's at a time when there's not a lot of social structure for them. I think they're both mainly orphaned. I mean, their parents really yeah, so in them. No, they are, um, you know, it's um, an, it's not a boom town, but it is a town that grew up, I guess, around the oil industry right. um, slowly. But it's a, it's a, you know, it's not a thriving town. Um, we established early on there are, there's no industry there. Everybody works for the oil industry in one way or another. All of the local business is run by one guy. And he owns Sam, Sam the Lion, owns the movie house, he owns the pool house, he owns the diner. Um, and I feel like there's one other thing. Movie house, pool house, diner. 
Maybe that's it. I don't know if he owns the store or not. Anyway, that's, I mean, but the whole of Main Street basically is owned by this one guy. And it's not like thriving. He just kind of keeps it going. And he's sort of a de facto uh, father figure to these young men. Uh, Sonny, I forget what happens to Sonny's mom. She's not in the picture. And his dad is um, a drug addict who's kind of, you know, he kind of lives in sort of a sort of like a halfway house kind of situation. Um, so they run into each other from time to time. They don't really have animosity, but Sonny has um, some real like walls up when it comes to his dad. Dwayne, um, is his mom an alcoholic? I can't remember. So Joy, one has the dad in the picture and the other one has the mom in the picture. Right. And both the, the mom and the dad have issues so that the they're, they're not really present in their boy's life, which is what I'm saying is that their only, their only parental figure is Sam the lion who runs the pool house and, and whatnot. And then there's this other boy and we don't get Billy's backstory at all in the movie. It's quite sad. Billy is this boy who is um, developmentally disabled. He does not speak. We don't know if he could hear. Um, and he lives with Sam um, and he has this compulsion to sweep. So he's always like sweeping and they, they take him out to the lake and he sweeps by the lake and they, you know, he always is sweeping the road of the, of the town. And Billy lives with Sam because he, his, okay, his mother was, oh, I can't remember. I think she was, she was also developmentally disabled mm-hmm. and she was raped in Sam's movie theater. Sam felt very guilty about that. And I, I think she dies in childbirth. And so Sam takes on taking care of this, of this boy. So he really looks after him and gives him a place to live and all of that. And and the boy is really also kind of He's sort of like their mascot. He pals around with them, but he doesn't speak or anything. And then we have the rich family in town. So they made their money again on oil. Um, the, pharaohs, the pharaohs, right? The yep. pharaohs. And so Lois and I forget what the dad's name is. And their daughter is J.C. Pharaoh. So she's rich. She's beautiful. You know, she's a senior also. She's got. She's already going to go to Dallas to go to college. She's going to get out of that town, we feel. But she's she's Dwayne's girlfriend at the start of the book. Right. And Sunny has always been in love with her. Everyone kind of has a thing for her because she is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But she's bored. She wants – She. it's not even like she – you know, college is fine, but she wants out now. And so for her, part of that yeah. is marriage. It's finding somebody. But she wants to find somebody that excites her. So it's like- she's – yeah, she's very interested. It's so funny because she's, she's – the women characters in this book are so interesting. Yeah. So JC, J and JC, who's again in high school, and we don't get much about the other young girls, but but from her we do. Um, you know, this is an era. These kids are before the boomers, so this is an era where um, being popular and um, marrying well and. Um, yeah, just being, being somebody who she uses the word famous in in a kind of an interesting way. It's kind of the way that people use it now for like social media influencers. And like, she's very obsessed with people talking about her and thinking that she has like some kind of mystique or some kind of something going on. Um, and so she's always pursuing things that she thinks will get her talked about, um, 
if whether that's getting married or whether that's going to bed with somebody or whether that's destroying something um she doesn't really care she just she, her whole motivation through the book is like ooh well if people found out that i went to this skinny dipping party like they really talk then oh ho, ho. and that here. um yeah and she it's interesting because like this is something that was at the time like starting to be introduced to young women as a way of having agency over their lives, which is not true, but but this is what, you know, this is the myth that was being sold. And you have in JC, this character who's 100% buying in on that, on that idea of being popular is what you want to be and being talked about is what you want to be. And we see where that gets you. (laughs) The pursuit of that um, gets you. Very interesting. I, I, I really am kind of fascinated by uh, the way that he's put that character together in this book. So she's she's in a couple with Dwayne, mainly because it makes her parents upset that she's seeing this kind of working class guy. Dwayne is really in love with her, but she kind of he could be anybody. You know, right. if it hadn't been Dwayne, it would have been some other working class guy. Um, but. Nevertheless, she they're talking about getting married, you know, and she for her, it's all about the it's all about the how much is this going to get tongues wagging about me, 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 me. Oh, people are talking about me. People are noticing me. People are people want to be like me and they're wondering what I'm doing and da, 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 da. And that's all she really cares about. We have to say that this is a town of a thousand people, maybe. It's a very yes, small yeah, town. If that, so there's everyone. And so her, and she, so she, they're born in the depression era. If you're like really looking at the timeline, Mm -hmm. that's where they were Mm -hmm. raised in. So here's this, like, it's, we've gone through that. We've gone through the war. Now these are like, this is the first generation really of teenagers that have their own culture or starting to have their own culture and their own kind of life. So she's sort of on that cusp as a person. She's smart and she kind of looks at the the magazines and she thinks of places she wants to go. But then at the same time, she's at home. Her dad's a nice guy. Her mom's a beautiful woman who also like had all the boys interested in her when she was younger, mm-hmm. sees herself in JC. But her mom drinks herself to sleep every night and sleeps with another man. And so mm-hmm. so she and she knows this like she knows that yeah. this is going on in her house. And she's like, well, I don't want to get married and have that kind of life. I don't want to be here 20 years from now having this conversation with my daughter about this. Mm-hmm. So she's yeah. So she is thinking. I know, but at the time in 66, we should say, and this is what I read about Larry McMurtry, he gave the, you know, gave this book to his mother. And then after reading the first hundred pages, she said she locked it into a closet because it was so scandalous to her. And she's like, you're writing about everybody we know. You're writing about everyone True. we know. And he, I can imagine. He was, yeah, of course he was using people that he knew in his life. But yeah, these kids actually like take their clothes off and have sex and they, you know, go to third base or whatever. And they talk a lot about sex. And at this party that she wants to go to, it's this very handsome guy, Billy, who's also very he's rich. He's, mm-hmm. well, yeah, he's from like oil money and she's, and he has like these skinny dipping parties. And if you go to this, you're going to have your reputation and the ha- not to have, have a bad reputation anywhere is a bad thing for a woman. And she knows this, like the one thing I, I, I my beauty, which is, has a lot of credibility to people. It's this, it, you can monetize it almost like how much it's worth, but at the same mm-hmm. time it could be lost like that. One false move. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And so she knows this, but that she's like f- pushing that line. So she's with um, her hut. She's with Sunny. They're, they're, I'm sorry, with Dwayne. Sunny has a crush on her. And then she and Sunny and Dwayne... Um, Sunny also has his girlfriend Charlene, who has a certain number of minutes that she'll let him touch her boobs. And <laughs> it's all this like because nobody like they want to have sex, but they also don't want to be taken advantage of. And back then, there's no pill. Oh no! And you didn't no. buy condoms openly in nope. your small town. Nope. And there's literally nothing else to do. Literally so the, nothing that else. One movie theater that shows movies from like two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's chasing, she's chasing, um, social fame. I think we can say, um, yeah, very much like we see some young people doing today on social media, but she's doing it in, in this small community. Um, and, and, uh, trying, you know, it's the thrill, it's thrilling to her and she's pursuing that thrill. So Sunny, Sunny, who's has unrequited love for, for JC one day, the football coach is like, who's this kind of gruff, you know, toxic masculinity in a sweatshirt. And he says, you know, hey, listen, oh, my wife's been after me to take her to the dang doctor. You know how women are. I can't be bothered. Can just here, just I'll get you out of class if you take my wife to the doctor. And so he's like, oh, cool. I get out of class. So he goes, he shows up, he takes, there's the, the mousy little wife who didn't know that her husband wasn't taking her to the doctor in the, in the book, it's more serious um, than it is in the movie. In the book, he takes her to the doctor. When she comes out, she tells him that they've, they've prescribed a partial mastectomy um, because I, apparently I guess she has breast cancer. And so, um, so she's like, she's crying because she's going to have to come back and have surgery her husband's attitude about it is, well, why don't they just do a total mastectomy? And that's going to just save me having to pay for a second operation. Like he's really horrible. She has a really sad life with him, but she has this connection with Sonny. You know, she's like 40 ish. He, he's in high school. <laughs> maybe 18. Um, let's just say maybe yeah, 18. We'll, we'll Edge of 17. The the night. <laughs> say, he's, uh, say he's 18. And they develop, you know, they, de- they develop uh, a sexual relationship and he starts going over there every single day. And in the book, and I think they do a good job of showing this in the movie, but in the book, it's this really nice, pro- he does it, I think, in kind of a nice pace, like this progression of her being um, completely closed down, um, terrified, and then gradually through this relationship very gradually, but she does eventually sort of come into her own and start thinking about what do I want out of life? And, and, you know, really thinking about herself as a person and, and her own needs and that maybe she could have a future that isn't just miserable, horrible, stuck with this awful, this awful man. 
and that's and that I think that whole that whole arc I think is kind of interesting and I and I was surprised about it I didn't think that we were going to get as much of that as you do in the book it, it was just kind of nice I think he may have had an affair with an older woman when he was young. I, uh, I, I kind of made me wonder about that. It, 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 it totally made me think that. I think that's exactly right? what happened with him. And he just fictionalized it. So she's right. They find each other. They're both lost. They're both lonely. They, yeah. They're both in pain. They're both, you know, just trying to figure out. I mean, she's married to a man who doesn't love her, a man who's openly hostile to her. This man is not only this guy's coach and gym teacher, he's the civics teacher. <laughs> he's also a gun nut. And a gun nut. And he's um, he's homosexual, as we're meant to understand in the book. But he accuses another teacher instead of being homosexual because the heat's going on him. So he's deflecting yeah. it on someone else. So he's not a good person. Gets him fired. Right. No, he's a really bad and those person. Those are the sexual politics for the time. It could happen today, honestly, which is sad to say. Like, oh, sure. You know, it's yeah. especially you know, seventy years ago. It's yeah. This this is a thing that could have happened. So you, your social. I mean, it's same thing. Like with this, with social media power today. You know, it could be gone, and you do the wrong thing, and it's gone, and it could feel like the end of the world. You know, you might say to JC, "Oh, that's this little small town. What do you care?" But it it means a lot. But that's all you know. That's the world to you. So those are our, our, our people. So the, the so Dwayne and Sonny, we we have a scene. So in the book, there's the scene that... Oh, I forgot about this. Uh, I, it's less so said upsetting. is the better. It's like really... It's so horrible. It's really gross. I'm sure this kind of thing happened, and that's why he wrote about it. And I'm sure this is why Larry McMurtry's mother like locked the book in the closet. Yeah, it's very upsetting. I'll just say this. It's a, it, it discusses bestiality, and I'll just keep it like that. Let's just... Yeah, we'll just okay, keep it like it. that. So, that's, um, so anyway, so the, Sam the lion understands that the boys included... Oh, no, no. So the boys take Billy. Billy, and they decide they're drunk and bored, and they're like, let's get Billy laid. He needs sex. He hasn't had sex yet, so that's like a sport to them. So there's a woman there that's a sex worker that the kids pay to have sex with in the back of a car, Mm-hmm. Once again, virtually nothing, nothing to anybody else. It's a small town. It's like <sighs> she's just making her way in the world as well. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just figuring. I forget what her she's not a waitress, but something like that. Adjacent. That She makes yeah. she makes very, very, very little money, like not even enough to live on in this small town. And so this is what she does to make ends meet. Right. And everybody keeps their mouth mm-hmm. shut. Like that's kind of the understanding of that. And then Billy tries attempts to have sex with her it doesn't go well she's upset he's really upset because he doesn't know what he did you know and these boys are outside the car while this is happening and making fun of him and it's traumatizing so sam the lion is furious and says this is it y'all leave you are not allowed in my movie house you're not in my pool hall you're you're banned and they completely are bereft because that's their entertainment Yes, I mean, honestly, but we should say also like throughout all of that, and it's very difficult to read, like both of those sequences are extremely hard to get through. But it's important to note that in both of those sequences, Sonny is not going along with the other boys. Right. He's struggling to speak out against it because, I mean, he also knows these boys are very violent and they could just, they could easily just pound his head in. Yeah. Um, so 
but he is he does have a conscience about it and he wants to stop them um and he's sort of especially the thing with billy he's trying to like he but he can't he can't come up with a way to intervene um and stop them all he can do is to try to just be there for billy um in the aftermath but that's a very important because that all the other boys including Dwayne, um and Dwayne hides when Sam comes out, and so Sam doesn't see Dwayne there with the other boys. So Dwayne doesn't get the punishment, even though he fully deserves it, that the other boys get. Dwayne can still go to the pool hall. Mm-hmm. Dwayne can still take JC to the movies. And so, yeah, that's a huge deal when, like, that's literally the only the only thing, the only place for them to go in town, the only thing that they do, and that's now taken away from them. And Genevieve, who's this waitress, knows that Dwayne was hiding. And she lets Sonny know that I know where Dwayne was. But she also knows that uh, that Sonny's a good person, that Sonny was doing his best. She understands, too. She's another victim of this town. She, again, she's another one of these middle-aged women. It's just such an interesting character. She is the waitress in the diner that Sam also owns. And... Um, she she has been feeding these boys like their whole lives and so she really knows them she's she's if sam is the father figure in their life genevieve is the mother figure in their life and she knows what sunny is like she knows that sunny would not go along with something like that and she knows that Dwayne would um and so she takes she she sees sunny she's like oh my gosh like where have you we've been eating like you were wasting away come inside let me fix you something to eat and they kind of have this interesting heart to heart where she ports him in you know she's like you know you got to talk to sam you got to make things right he's like i know and but she also like warns him against jc and and you know pursuing that path in life and he in his heart knows that she's right, but he just is so in love with JC and he's just ha- desired this girl for so his whole life. So um, that's a hard thing to overcome, especially for a kid. So there's this trip that they take to Mexico. The guys take to Mexico and they get rip roaring drunk. And when they come back, they're super hungover there and they go to visit Sam the lion at the pool uh, that when they as soon as they come back from Mexico and it's just after New Year's Eve so this is like in the space of a week I think it's like from Christmas to New Year's Eve where the story originally takes place but they find out that Sam died and he had a stroke or whatever and sorry I sorry you just reminded me yeah. um there's this whole sequence that's not that, you know we talk about when we a lot of times on the show we talk about like pursuing the the movie storytelling versus the book storytelling and and, um in the movies we're showing not telling one of the things about this movie is that it does a lot of telling not showing and i really appreciate that (laughs) because the stuff it's not showing is so disturbing yes um there's this whole sequence in the book that is not in the movie at all like they, they just talk about it it happens but we don't see any of it um they just talk about it um where Sonny and Dwayne, and at this point they've made up with Sam. Sonny and Dwayne decide, you know, we're we're young guys. High school's going to be over soon, and we're going to have to have jobs and get married. And let's go have a bender in Mexico. And they go down to Mexico. It's very disturbing. Again, I'm sure this kind of thing really happened. Uh, probably happened to Larry McMurtry. He's probably just recounting something that he personally experienced. It's very upsetting. Um, they go down to Mexico. They see some very upsetting movies 
and um, they make their way to a uh, brothel and uh, spend the night. But anyway, and, and, but the, the, the upshot is they, they, as they're driving home, they're like, why did we even do that? Like, that was not, there was nothing, there was nothing pleasant about any of that. Not for a moment were we excited or satisfied in any way. It was just, um, let's just get out of here. And so there were, you know, they, they, having seen, having seen where this path could take them, they decide to go back home. And when they get back home, they are met with the news that while they were gone, Sam the lion has died. Yes. So, and he leaves some money to Genevieve. He leaves like the diner to Genevieve. He leaves some money to some people. And then is it, Dwayne gets the pool house or? No, Sonny, Sonny gets the pool hall. Right. Sonny gets the pool hall. Um, Joe Bob. The, the somebody son? gets, the preacher's son gets some money. Um, the woman who runs the concession stand, who's kind of a flippity gibbet at the movie theater, she gets the movie theater and Genevieve gets the diner. I mean, I can't, I have a hard time believing that this was like a notarized will, but everybody goes along with it. <laughs> Small just, town. You get the idea that like they just found a note in his pocket or something and said all this and everybody's like, okay, I guess she gets the diner. So now Sonny, Sonny has a permanent home and a business. Right. So that's a, that's a thing to keep him there. And he thinks that's a thing yeah. to like woo. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? JC. JC. Meanwhile. Because, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So JC, meanwhile, has it warm for the rich guy. And she went to the, the pool party and everyone's naked and she's scandalized, but titillized. And she's all like, well, this sounds great. And then she wakes to play for the guy. And he says, you know what? I don't have sex with virgins. You have to lose your virginity first. That's this whole thing. So she wants to lose her virginity. So she says to Dwayne, let's let's have sex so they find a place he can't perform and she wonders if it's because he's gone to mexico and caught some disease or something maybe but they so they don't have sex but then they turn around and they do have it eventually and he loses she loses her virginity to him she breaks up with him over the phone which devastates him and then she winds up uh bobby Winds up minor, the rich guy marries somebody else. And she thought, like, oh, I was setting this plan in place. Now she's like, well, the hell with it. So she one night has sex with a man who's the pool hall, who's the lover of her mother. And he's played by Clue Gallagher in the movie very well, very creepy and well. They, uh, but they have sex. And then he completely dismisses her when they're done. And she, yeah. and she comes home to her mother, and her mother can tell what happened. And her mom's like, yep, been there myself. You know, you yeah. find another plan. This is not going to, yep. you know, you got to do something is... else. Very understanding of her mother. She's really. Her mom is so like, yeah, evolved about it all. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is nice. And, which is very nice. We also learn when Sam dies that um, Sam and JC's mom had been in love, had been really, truly in love. Uh, but she was already married to JC's dad and, um, What's her name? Lois, JC's mom, is also re-examined. She's so she's also in a place where she's re-examining her life. You know, I've made some choices I am really not happy with. I got to figure out like what I'm going to be able to do about any of this. And also, I have this daughter who is going to. She says in the book something like she's going to destroy this whole town if I don't get her out of here because she sees that her daughter is is really just hell bent on 
on doing damage just for thrills. Just burning it all to the ground, basically, as we would mm-hmm. say nowadays. That's what she's doing because she's just she's the hell with it. She she does. So she and Dwayne, they have this. So she and Dwayne have this chance of like starting a romance and she's like, you know what? Just, you know, marry me. No, no. Do they have sex? And then. No. Okay. Oh, yeah, she and Dwayne have sex. She and Dwayne have sex. Um, who she's been seeing all of all. And then once that's over, she's like, you know what? No. This isn't it either. <laughs> and is he's, that all he's really in, He's really in love with her. <laughs> yeah. And she the whole time has been talking about, oh, when we get married this and oh, when we get married that. And now she's like, yeah, no, no. No, I'm, I think no. No, and then uh, Dwayne finds out that he had sex, Sonny had sex with JC. So then Dwayne gets upset and he gets in a fight with Sonny and punches him in the eye, which disfigures him. And so they thought that their one chance was to join the army when they mm-hmm. were done. Like they joined And the this is during the Korean War. Correct. So they were like, well, you might be drafted anyway, so we might as well. And it's a way out because Mexico wasn't fun and they don't, they don't have an education mm-hmm. to go any, really anywhere else. But so that's, so he's taking that away from him. Like Dwayne is taking mm-hmm. Sonny's chance for Korea away from him. And then JC and Sonny decide that they're going to go to Oklahoma and get married. So she, so yeah, so now she starts coming on to Sonny and, and, and her, her, because we get a little bit of insight into her thoughts about it. She's basically like, oh, this will be fun, summer fun for me before I go away to college. I'll just marry Sunny and I'll get my parents to annul it. And that'll be, does some kicks. That'd be hilarious. And we he can have Ruth over it and very, like, just says, hey, she, this is over. Yeah. And she's devastated because that was her, yeah. he was her second chance. I mean, just at mm-hmm. life, love, whatever. So they're driving off to get this, to get married. I think in the book they do get married. It just gets annulled really quickly. They do. So in the book, they, um, so because in the book we know, and in the movie it's a little, which is fine. In the movie it's not as clear, but in the book we know she never intends to deliver anything to Sonny that he, she's telling him they're going to have, right? So she says, basically she's like, well, let's get married and then we can go have our wedding night. Ho, ho, ho. You know, and then we can we can live together. And Sonny's like, okay. And so Over the pool they, hall, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, I do have a place to live. I do have a business. So they drive in the book, they drive out of town. I don't think they're out, I don't think they're out of the county, but they drive to a justice of the peace. Um, get him out of bed. Uh, this like gross justice of the peace like gets out of bed and and he's like oh good for you kids doing it the right way and he marries them and they're gonna drive now to this um lakeside motel but we know that before they left jc left a note for her parents right making sure it would be exactly where they would see it and going into tremendous detail about where they were going to be and when we're going to be at this nope. lake. We're going to get married here. And then we're going to go to this lake this for our honeymoon. Yes. <laughs> That's the plan. So the folks follow them on their, yep. to where their honeymoon place is. And basically are like breaking them up. They grab JC and they're like, no, 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 yeah. no, no. This is going to get an old. Yeah. Well, Lois, Lois, the mom is like, you know what? We should just let her, you know, take her lumps. She wants to marry this guy. Let her be married to him. And the dad's like, 
absolutely not. No daughter of mine's going to live in a pool hall. And so she's like, okay, fine. Well, we'll go get her. So they drive out. The dad pitches a big old fed, grabs JC, gets in the car. He says to his wife, you drive her car back because they're in JC's car. You drive JC's car back. I don't care what happens with this guy. He can walk back to town if he, you know, if he wants to get back so bad. And, and they speed off. He speeds off with JC and leaving Lois there with Sonny. And Lois is like, listen, because she's been no, she's known from the gut, from the jump, like what's up with with JC, and that she he doesn't mean anything to her. And she sees that he she does mean something to him, and she's like, I am so sorry about all of this. Like this is, I this is really bad for you, <laughs> you know. And I'm sorry that my daughter hurt you, and um, you know, I, I tried to stop it, I couldn't stop it. I'm super sorry about that, and I I know like you know you didn't even get to sleep with her or anything. In the book, she sleeps with him, right. In the book, they make a stop on the way back at a motel, and um, and she she sleeps with him, and and they also share. Um, it's sort of like a bonding over their grief about Sam mm-hmm. in the book. Um, she shares that she and Sam were. She shares about how she and Sam were in love, and um, and what a wonderful man he was, and how she didn't realize what she had, and and um, and that she regrets that, and all of that. And she encourages him to, she doesn't tell him what to do, but she encourages him to make amends with Ruth, you know, if for no other reason than for his own conscience and peace of mind, um, that he wouldn't have that regret about not making things right with her. So, um, so they drive back to town and um, he, I'm trying to think how the sequence of this goes. Is that before? I can't remember if that's before or after he has. No, no. Um, he drives back to town. He finds out that Dwayne is home because Dwayne has gone away in the service. Dwayne is home before he's going to ship off to Korea. He must have gone off for basic training or something. Mm-hmm. And now he's back in town. But he hasn't been to see Sonny. It's because he feels bad about. about um, gouging his eye. Uh, gouging his eye out. <laughs> As you would. Right. Um, and so Sonny's like, all oh, right, well, I guess I'm going to have to be the one to go and see him. So he goes and sees him and they make amends. Um, they realize that JC has played both of them for fools, you know, and now they're also sort of like, okay, so I guess my life now is going to be that I run the pool hall. You're going to go off in the service and we'll see what happens now that we're grownups. Sonny sees Dwayne off on the bus, you know, as he's going off to Korea. We don't really know what happens to him. I think it's that same day. That same morning, because it's early in the morning when he puts him on the bus, there's a car accident, and uh, there's a tr- he hears screeching tires. I mean, this is a one horse town. Like, with, there's one road, and so you know, a car accident is you're going to hear it. So he looks over to see the car accident, and he sees a truck that was just kind of speeding through town has hit Billy. Oh, this is so sad. This is not in the movie at all. After Sonny gets his eye gouged out. Um, Billy, Sonny has to wear an eye patch. And because Sonny's wearing an eye patch, Billy also wants to wear an eye patch. And so he goes around with one little eye patch. And that particular morning, because Sonny has several of them, right? You know, you have a spare as you're cleaning one. Um, that particular morning, Billy put an eye patch over both of his eyes. That's right. And and he it's so sad he puts he, so he's got two eye patches on he walks and he wanders out into the street like he does every morning to sweep uh, to sweep the street and so there he is with eye blindfolded 
um, and the speeding truck comes through. So he doesn't see the truck. Right. Um, and again, I think he can't quite hear. Yeah. So this truck hits him and kills him. The men, you know, the sheriff comes and all the men of the town come and it's not a big town. And they're all like saying to the truck driver, oh, it's not like, mean, look, he's blindfolded and wandering out into the street. And like, what kind of a dumb kid does that? He's the village and, idiot. You know, Who cares? Yeah. Right. He's an Very idiot. Cold. They keep using that word. Very super cold, Very cold about this kid yeah. who's been in their town the whole freaking time. And um, and Sonny like flips out and and drag it was, drags him out of the street, at least. Like they, they just leave him lying there in the street. He pulls him off to the side and and I think he I forget how somehow he sees to it that's that Billy uh, you know gets taken away properly and, and and then at the end of the book he goes to make amends with Ruth. Ruth, understandably angry. <laughs> Ruth, who has given him every chance, uh, went to see him in the hospital and he wouldn't see her. And, and she kind of, she lets him know, like, you can't just, you know, I'm a human being. You, I'm not just here for you to to mess around with and come and go as you please. And, you know, I, I and he sees that. He, he recognizes that. They really relate to each other at the end of the book, like they are just sitting across the table from each other, relating to each other as human beings. And it may go, it may continue some way, some kind of way, or it may not, but they really see each other for who they are. And they really have a genuine connection on a human level. That's not just about sex. And, um, and that's how the book ends. Right. And it's, I mean, it's lovely. It's sad. It's a very sad book. It's a very, it's a super sad book. It's a real bummer. Of yeah, a read, it's it's not a it's sure. not a hoot in a good time, but it does really well. It's reviewed well. It sells well. So let's transition to the movie now. Mm. So we go forward a few years, and our director is Peter Bogdanovich, who uh, he's he would direct like very, very many acclaimed films through his life. Mm. I think this is his first movie. He's thirty years old. His first it's his second life, movie. His second movie. He's a uh, it's uh-huh. it, but it's a huge project for him to get. I mean, oh yes, it absolutely. was a big deal. Yeah. And this is like, I think it's called BBS. It's this uh, production company that had they did uh, Easy Rider. Easy Rider, yeah. Right. They did. They, like, they just took a lot of monkeys. chances, right? Mm-hmm. And so this, so we talked about before, like in the sixties, there's a lot of like musicals still being made, like very safe movies. But the movie audience is becoming much more sophisticated because they want yeah. something safe. They'll watch it at home. We've got TVs now. Yeah. Exactly. You know, you need to up the ante a bit to to appeal to adult moviegoers. So that's becoming more of a trend and it's making money. So there's this it has a one point three million dollar budget and Bogdanovich manages to get it because also because they all have connections and it's BBS entertainment by the He production. knows it's he knows a lot of people too because he's he's already got a reputation as a kind of um what's the word? Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm going to use the word dandy. Yes. Bit of a dandy um, in Hollywood. He's friends with Orson Welles. You know, he he knows people. He definitely has connections that your average indie filmmaker doesn't necessarily have. Did we play the trailer? No, let's play the trailer now and then we'll okay. go right into the movie. So this is the original 1971 trailer. Tony Bennett's cold, cold heart was on everybody's hit parade. Elizabeth Taylor was getting married. Boys wore duck tails. The police action in the Far East was Korea. And Anarene, Texas, like other small towns, is approaching the end of an era. I heard about the ball game last night. 121 to 14. Must be pretty near a record. What do you think he'd do if he found us? Shoot us, probably. But, Mama, it's a sin, isn't it? Unless you're married, you know I wouldn't do that. <sighs> Don't be so mealy mouth. Come it out! Come it out! You've got to be men like the rest of them. Ain't none of you pretty enough to be women. You boys can get on out of here. I don't want to have no more to do with you. I've been around that trashy behavior all my life. I'm getting tired of putting up with it. Oh, quit prison. I don't think you did it right anyway. Just remember when a dream Honey? What? You belong to me. That's a lie. I'll stay with her all night one of these nights, too. She done promised. You won't either. Yes, I will. Why shouldn't I? I'm not sorry for you. You'd have left Billy too, just like you left me. I bet you left him plenty of nights. Whenever JC whistled. So long, buddy. So long, buddy. Be careful. I'll take care of the mercury for you. I'll see you in a year or two if I don't get shot. I wouldn't believe how this country's changed. I reckon the reason why I always drag you out here is probably I'm just as sentimental as the next fella when it comes to old times. Old times. Anarene, Texas, 1951. Nothing much has changed. All right, so let's forward to, we have Peter Bogdanovich. He's 30 years old. He's married to a woman named Polly Platt, Platt. Excuse me. We were just talking off the air. There's a whole series on You Must Remember This that's based on the life of and work of Polly Platt, who was married to Peter Bogdanovich, worked on many of his films, was hugely influential in his work. And it's a big difference between 
the stuff she worked with him and the stuff that he didn't have her work on with him. Mm-hmm. The quality, the choices, there's a lot mm-hmm. that she added to this. So he's, his story is, I saw this paperback of this book and it looked interesting, but then I didn't, I didn't really pursue it. But I did notice there's this very pretty girl on a Glamour magazine cover. It's a Sybil Shepherd, and then they have a fr- he and Polly have a friend named Salmoneo who was an actor in uh, the Rebel uh, Without a Cause. Thank you. Salmoneo says, you know, I would love to be in this movie, but I'm too old now. But you should make this movie. This should be your. Ne-. He's very well connected. He goes to all the parties. He has a ton of friends. That kind of stuff. Anyway, so they get this deal, and Orson Welles, who's one of his mentors, says, well, you're going to film it in black and white, of course. And he's like, oh, yeah, 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 of course. I was going to film it in black and white, which is a great choice because they're going to go back to basically Archer City and film at the site and film at the real place where they had one movie theater from his youth. Where the real people are still living. Where the people were living that were a little annoyed by how they were portrayed in the book because it's one of those games like – was that about you or is that about Earl? Or was that about mm-hmm. Molly? Or was that about like everybody kind of knew, you know, so that this, so they're, they're filming in this town, Polly Platt. She's listed as the art director, but she really did help him with his scripts, casting, working with Everything. the actors, painting sets, clothes, music choices. She had impeccable taste. She had great ideas and as with a lot of women in the industry, just not a lot of opportunity. Like it had to be through or credit or credit. It was more adjacent to the person she was partnered with at the time, which was mm-hmm. her husband. They had a daughter. And so they had, well, say so go through the cast. So it's Timothy Bottoms plays Sonny. Jeff Bridges is Dwayne Jackson. Sybil Shepard is JC Farrow. This is her debut as an actor. They're all like 20 something, very young. They're perfect mm-hmm. for the part. Ben Johnson is Sam the Lion. He was a Western movie actor. He's he wins an Academy Award and he's in the movie like 10 minutes, but it's the 10 best minutes. It's super good. You'll ever It is the 10 best minutes. Really? Yeah, it's so good. So Cloris Leachman plays Ruth Ho- Ruth Popper, excuse me. Ellen Burstyn is Lois Farrow. Eileen Brennan plays Jen- This is like a murderer's row of just It's so good. It's such a good cast. Clue Gallagher plays Abilene. Sam Bottoms plays Billy. Uh, R.I.P. He died. I didn't realize he died like 10 years yeah, ago of cancer. Yeah. Randy Quaid, his first. I know. Role. I forgot about Randy Quaid. Randy Quaid makes. So those are our, our big, big characters. Mm-hmm. And they're filming in this town. As Margot said, the locals are not happy because a lot of them were upset. But it's a big movie production. It brings money. So people kind of yeah. go along with it. And what happens, I mean, just the Peter Bogdanovich part of it is that he falls in love with Sybil Shepherd. They begin a relationship and then he leaves Polly and his daughter to be with Sybil and they're together for like the next seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. And this is like one of the things that they're, but before all of that, they did make a great movie and this is everybody working together. What's different mm-hmm. is for the time it's black and white and people were only making movies in color. Then. That was not a big thing then. It, it wasn't even a big like uh, artistic choice that, you know, that kind of happened later. I think paper moon is after this other movies that are, are made in black and white as an artistic technique that's not really going on at this time so this was a this was a kind of a bold choice 
uh, but it works extremely well. But yeah, I mean, like they didn't build those sets. The, that town was still there like that. That movie theater is the movie theater that's mentioned in the book. just saw this morning i mean we were just saying before we got on the air like peter bogdanovich has been a media a media figure as uh, talk show uh guest uh, he's in every documentary about films for like oh, 30 so. years he's always one yeah. of the talking heads because i'm sure yes, he's there with his the ascot yes i saw this really obnoxious interview with him on dick cabot I, there were several but the, uh this one, he's there. Who else? Who are the other movie people who are there? There's two. Robert Altman and Mel Brooks. So they, you have Robert Altman talking, and then you have Mel Brooks talking, um, who's wonderful, of course. And then last but not least, we've got Peter Bogdanovich, because the last picture show has just come out. And Dick Cavett is asking him about how the movie came out. And he... He's like, oh, yeah, well, um, you know, I was developing it with my, I forget what he calls her. He calls her his colleague or something like that. His wife. Right. Um, mother of his daughter. He he talks about her like she's like, like, oh, the studio assigned her to me, basically. And then he was like, and my friend Salminio um, gave me the book and said to me that I should make this movie, basically. I mean, it is so great gross it's so gross um and he tells that story like that for years and years and years when everybody who knows who knew them knows that that's not how it went down um because sal was really friends with polly and um as most people were right because <laughs> Because I get the I get the idea he doesn't he's not a good guy to make friends with Peter Bogdanovich he doesn't really have a lot of like super close friends apart from like Orson Welles just super big ego. Uh, he felt competitive with Orson Welles. Like he needed to make his big movie uh, by the certain age because Orson Welles had made a movie by a certain age. Anyway, I mean, the I, the thing is, it is an awesome movie. It really <laughs> is. He, he can movie. totally stand up for it. I mean, it, can, it totally, he can back it up. This is yeah. a beautiful looking film it's interest the soundtrack is interesting because there's no soundtrack i mean there's no score it's just songs from the radio or it's playing over the radio in the kitchen or in the car it's of such the a time, great idea which is uh, of I the time and that. the place uh it's all country and western music yeah from that era it really sets the tone especially because you're hearing it all in these tinny radios that everybody has yeah, there's no like the the opening sequence is literally just the name of the movie flashing on the on the screen and the sound of the wind and the tumbleweeds, you know, blowing through town. Uh, the sound on this is so good. Um, you know, it's just so silent. You hear you hear every door opening and closing when Cloris Leachman's character 
is frightened by the sound of the squeaking bed and worried that her neighbors are going to know what's going on in there. Like you, you believe it. Like, oh yeah. yeah. There's cause there's, there's no other sound. <laughs> I, I'm sure your neighbors can hear you too, lady. So it's, I mean, the yeah, the whole setting of it is so awesome. And I really love to the, when JC goes to the rich kids party for the skinny dipping party, like the, the contrast between that like fancy post-war oil money house versus where everybody else lives back in, in um, what's it called? Anarene it's called in the movie. Right. right? And yeah, I think uh, a lot of the choices that the movie makes are, they are, they're, they're right on. There's so many things, like I said, where they're, they're telling and not showing. And I think this is a, this is like the one movie where it makes so much sense to have, it makes it, it makes it somehow lonelier to have people talking about these experiences. Like we see the boys go to Mexico and then we see them coming back and they do not look happy. Right. And they, and, and what they, and, and all we know about it is what they say about it. All we know about it is that they're like, yeah, it wasn't really kind of a waste of time. Wish we hadn't done that. And there's a lot of the things that are in the book that are so like grisly right. to get through. The whole thing with the the bestiality is not in there at all. The thing with the sex worker and Billy is not as graphic as it is in the book. It's much more graphic in the book. It, yeah, I think, the, I think the choices of that and a lot of the, just, you have nearly all of the sex scenes that are in the book, but they're very brief and it's mostly people you see right before and you see right after. You do not, we do not go into tremendous detail about the act itself. And I think it works. I think it works for the story because the one time where you actually kind of do see it in graphic detail is when she's with Abilene, which is near the end of the movie and you see how like icky and and it's just not nice at all there's no actual connection um and by this point we've seen Sonny and and Ruth who do have a genuine connection but they don't quite know what it is yet um yeah i just it's it is very well directed it's a brilliant piece of filmmaking he's a real jerk i think <laughs> <laughs> no, he is. But let's um, talk about the positives. I mean, the movie looks great, and but the movie also amazing. for the time, it's especially, it had a lot of, I would say, graphic nudity. I mean, it's just uh, not gross nudity. Oh, it's just, but it's just in these kids are skinny dipping, and they're really skinny dipping, and they yeah. they really look like teenagers or young people. Let's say mm-hmm. skinny dip. So when she has that scene where she's you know with with Randy Quaid there, ugh, can you imagine stripping Randy Quaid? <laughs> But he just turned out to be a nut. Let's just say we talked yeah. about him. We talked about National Lampoon's Vacation last year for one of our shows, yeah. and he's featured in there. But she's she does. I think Sybil Shepherd's really good in this movie. I know it's her. first She's part. really super good. She's so. I mean, she's lovely. I mean, she's you know she looks. She's a model. She's lovely, but you also see the the calculating mm-hmm. nature of this character. It's a very, it's not an easy character to have somebody who's supposed to be so beautiful that everybody who sees her falls in love with her, basically, number one. Number two, that she plays people, you know, she, it's all just a chess game to her. Mm-hmm. And she only gets upset when the the game doesn't play out the way that she had wanted it to play out. You know, but she, but nevertheless, she's still, you know, that beauty, that power of her beauty never fades. And, and that's not an easy thing to perform she does it perfectly it's an absolutely fantastic performance by her i didn't hear you she ain't home no 
JC to, to or to make her as somebody that we scorn because she is so beautiful and you think oh she has mm-hmm. it so easy but you totally see that she doesn't she has like a lot mm-hmm. that she's dealing with and so we understand what her journey is I think she and Jeff Bridges uh, look great together and they have some really great scenes together Timothy Bottoms is wonderful as Sunny oh he's so good in this he really is. He- yeah, he's the really Sunny, as in the book, is really the heart of the piece, and um, and you know he has a conscience. He feels bad when people give him advice. Like he really tries. He recognizes when he's getting good advice, and he really tries to follow that advice. He doesn't always succeed, but he sees that it's the right thing to do. And when he doesn't do the right thing, he feels really bad about it, and he tries to do what he can to make up for it. You know, like when he has that fight with Dwayne. Mm-hmm with the bottle he feels at fault because he knows that he knew that Dwayne would feel like he was stealing his girl um even though they were broken up and she'd already been with another guy or two um he knew that and so when Dwayne is fighting him about it he kind of was like yeah I guess I kind of deserve this yeah he's not really mad about having his eye gouged out and he feels bad that Dwayne feels bad about it you know so he goes he's the one who extends is the bigger person about it and extends that. So he's, uh, yeah. And that's, again, not an easy thing to convey on right. screen. He does it super well. So, you know, Leroy last week said it thought uh, you and JC had been going together a little. Yeah, we have a little. She's been kind of bored. So once in a while we go out eat Mexican food or something. Well, I hear that ain't all you've been eating. Well, whoever told you that don't know what he's talking about. Sure, I've been going with her. Why not? I never said I don't blame you for it. I don't blame you much. I thought you'd do me that way. I thought we were still best friends. We are. What you so mad for? I've never done nothing to you. Well, I guess screwing my girl ain't nothing to you. I ain't screwing her. Hell, you ain't. Well, I ain't. She's not your girl anymore. She is my girl. I don't care. We didn't break you up. Even live here I anymore. didn't make no. I don't make no difference. I always live here. I'm getting her back. I'm telling you right now. She's gonna marry me one of these days when I get a little Why, bit more she money. Won't marry sure, you. she will. We always meant to get married. She's going off to college soon. I doubt I'll ever get to go with her again myself once she gets off. Yeah, I never saw what it could hurt to go with her this summer, though. She's never gonna marry you. She is, by God. Don't you tell me she won't. She never let you screw her. That's for sure. Hell, I'll just see how honest you was. J.C. never lets you screw. You ain't that good a coxman. You never even screwed Charlene Duggs all that time you went with her. Of course I didn't. You know why? Because you had to pick up all time Saturday night. That's why. Well, nobody could have screwed the time I had I left. I could have screwed her in five minutes. I wouldn't even need no pickup. Oh, yeah? 
Well, the only reason she went with you as long as she did was because you was in the backfield and I was in the goddamn line. What you talking about? Me and her was in love. Oh, you was. She liked me just as much as she ever liked you. That's a lie. I'll stay with her all night one of these nights, too. She done promised. You won't either. Yes, I will. Why shouldn't I? She done told me you couldn't even do it that time, Wichita Falls. What about that? He's very good. And his relationship with Jeff Bridges is really well put together. And by the time mm-hmm. they make the decision, like, we got to go to Mexico, you kind of feel it. Like, yeah, they're like, they're burning up inside. Like, it, this town yeah. is so small. And it's so, it must be so stifling. And they don't know what's ahead of them. Because at least yeah. when you're in school, you have that to work with. But when now you're out of school and you're an adult, where are you going to go? You know, they, yeah. where, what are you going to do with I them? Don't- I don't remember if this is in the book because I was, I was surprised to see it in the movie. If it's in the book, I don't, it just didn't stick in my mind. Um, but I love it in the movie. Sunny. So Sunny after Billy has died, you know, and he, that's such a, a, a heartbreaking scene. Yes. Again, he's just acting his booty off. Sunny gets in the truck, gets in his dilapidated old truck. Yep. And he just, he's just getting out of there. I mean, getting out out of this town i'm getting away from all of this ugliness i just said like, i'm getting out i'm just i don't know where i'm going i'm just going out and you see him get on this one you know two lane road and he's driving out 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 he passes the sign that says you're now leaving anna rain and he goes out 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 and then he pulls the truck over and he turns it around and he drives back because where is he gonna go because where is he gonna go he has no plan and, and he's not he, but he also has a piece of unfinished business, which, which is, is he has to make things right with Ruth. So he turns the truck around. He drives all the way back. He goes to Ruth's house. Now, I don't remember if that bit about the truck driving out of town is in the book or not. He does go and make amends with Ruth in the book. Um, but it's I just love that part of the movie, though. You see the truck go, 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 go. And you're like, go, but where are you going? I don't that's know. where it ends in a lot of movies. Right. Like yeah. they would just cut, the, yeah. cut to the credits there. Like, does he leave? Does he not? Who knows? Now they let you know, like, like a lot of yeah, us, he, he would down. probably have some regret. Like, where am I going to go? I don't have any money. I don't know anybody. I've never been anywhere else except Mexico. And yeah. that was a nightmare. Like, where? what am I going to do? And so he does come back, but he realizes that if I'm going to show my face, I got to talk with Ruth because he learns after being almost married to JC that from her mother that, you know, I've been sleeping with Ruth Potter. He goes, yeah, everybody knows that. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's one of those, everybody knows everybody's business. So he realizes I got to take care of this. And so he goes back and he sees Cloris Leachman who wins an Oscar for this performance. And it's so good. It's, oh <laughs> so good. my God. Washing their ears, grandma scrubbed them with the lye soap, and they haven't heard a word in years. Till they had a pumping right out of them. Oh, 
dig what's left of the last bridge. Let's have a happy time, everyone. The last verse all together. Mrs. O'Malley, out in the valley, suffered from ulcers, I understand. Never you mind, honey. Never you mind. You know, Mary Tyler Moore. She's show. good in everything. Oh yeah, but I, I, she's she's it's wonderful. And apparently, it was just one take. Like she just she thought she was blocking the scene, you know, mm-hmm. and practicing. And they filmed it. And she's okay now. I really want to do it. He goes, Oh no 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 no. This was, it's never going to be better. Like this is exactly perfect. And it is. It's wonderful. She. They were all nominated for Oscars for multiple awards and it was this big I mean it was nominated for best picture best director best supporting actor for Jeff Bridges and Ben Johnson who won once again less than 10 minutes of screen time but you can't not watch him it's just so good he's brilliant then Ellen Burstyn was nominated and then Cloris Leachman won uh, best screenplay it was nominated and best cinematography and the cinematography in this movie is just <sighs> spectacular spectacular it's it's yeah it's stunning an unusual yeah. thing about mcmurtry is that he actually wrote sequels to his own work which not a mm-hmm. lot of authors do but he did for this one and it was called texasville and so i was like well i want to watch texasville now because i wonder how what happened it's not streaming anywhere and so I went. Yeah. I went to. Did you find it? I found. I think it's on YouTube, like in, in uh-huh. clips. But I looked uh-huh. at the trailer on YouTube, and I was like, "Yikes!" Like this is. They're playing a Juice Newton "Queen of Hearts" as the music Ooh. for the Ido. It's that's which is which is a great song. I'm, I love no, that yeah, song. No, yeah, nothing against the song. Love that song. But that's not um, the the mood that I think no, of. But they kind of make it like a rom com, and it's like it's not. Ooh. Mm-mm. High School Sweethearts, Dwayne Jackson and J.C. Farrow, going to the picture show and going all the way. Oh, quit prison. I don't think you did it right anyway. 20 years after the Academy Award-winning last picture show, it's a whole new ballgame. Dwayne's a millionaire oil man, Carla, his beautiful wife. And guess who just came back to town? Don't I know you from somewhere? Jeff Bridges. JC, I'm Dwayne Jackson. We went together in high school for a while. Sybil Shepard. Did I have you madly in love? Madly. Cloris Leachman. You're scared to fall in love with her again, aren't you? I don't know why we're even talking about this. Annie Potts. Just because I go looking for trouble doesn't mean I want any husband but you. William McNamara. Who were you sleeping with that Billy Ann found out about? Well, Mrs. Nolan. And this is Marlowe. Timothy Bottoms. I think we're all crazy now. I don't think I'm crazy. I admit just about everybody else is. And Randy Quaid. 
My wife's about to bear you a grandchild. I might be pregnant. Your old girlfriend's about to bear me a child. I think I'm pregnant. And unless I'm very lucky, I'm headed for prison. Somebody must be making a fortune off fertility drugs in this county. Texasville. They're gonna have a heartless side to them, don't they? This whole town is heartless. <laughs> Cheer up, honey pie. It's a beautiful day, and you're riding around with the two best-looking women in Texas. I think everybody in the whole county is waiting for now to go crazy. <laughs> Texasville. It's not a place. It's a state of mind. It's not too smart to get too many women in love with you at the same time. From the director of Mask and Paper Moon, and the author of Lonesome Dove and Terms of Endearment, Texasville. Coming soon to a theater near you. Guessing Polly Platt not involved. Not involved. <laughs> Polly Platt was not involved in that. But yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic for a reason. I think it's beautiful. The acting it's is great. A super good movie. It, it, Everybody's good in it. Everything is good in it. Every every detail is right. Um, it's very human. Like I really, yeah. really relate to these people. I know it's super good. I love all the choices in the adaptation that were made. I don't disagree with a single one of them. Um, you know, and that including the choice to not have Lois sleep with, uh, Sunny, not necessary. No. And yeah, I mean, for the time people, I mean, I look at it now and it's like the way sex scenes are done now versus then, like then that was considered, Oh my God. And to me, I'm like, that's a lot of bad sex happening in one town. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> nobody's enjoying any no. of it. Um, no one's moving. No, no one's like, it's, uh, I guess they're all afraid to make sounds. I don't know. But I was like, boy, like if, even if that thing can't be fun and great, boy, life mm-hmm. must be a drudgery. It, mm-hmm. it really has to be difficult. So, but that's, that's part of the story. And I think a lot of that is Polly Platt made a lot of those choices that are used in the film and her mm-hmm. husband was having an affair with his lead actress, you know, and she still had to go to work every day. I don't know how she huh. did it, but she did. Right. She coached the actors. Like she's coaching Sybil Shepard. Who's stopping her husband. I would, uh-huh. I can't imagine. I did. No, nor I. Um, so it's great. I mean, it is. It just is. And um, so for that reason, I have to say movie. I think the movie tells yeah. this kind of a story um, more effectively than than the book does. The book does a good job, but um, but there's a lot of meandery, just frankly gross um, sequences that are not serving the story at all. Right. And um, yeah, I think it's super good. Yeah, I, I think it's great, too. And I honestly, between book and movie, this one, I would definitely pick the movie, even though the person who wrote the book is a genius. And very oh, no successful. question. But I'm absolutely. just saying, if you can only do one, that's what I would do. And you definitely, mm-hmm. it's one of those movies you absolutely should see. It's really that important. Yeah. I don't feel, yeah. And it's not one of these situations where, like we often, in, in, the, in a case like this, we say, okay, but if you love this movie, you know, it's the classic movie, um, read the book, you'll enjoy the experience of reading the book, like Breakfast at Tiffany's or, you know, some other, uh, this happens, but I, I don't know that I would recommend. I don't think if you love this movie that reading the book is going to enhance that experience for you in any way. I tried, Can't say that I started reading and then I switched it to the audiobook because the reading of it felt like spinach. I don't know how to say it. I it just, was very, it's a bummer. 
It's a bummer. It's kind of a tough slog. And yeah. Okay. So let's talk about what we're doing next. Cause I'm very excited about our next little venture. We are going to be talking about going back to Hitchcock and a strangers on a train, which is for pride month, <laughs> which <we're good>. <laughs> <laughs> but we think it's like, it's, there's just so much going on here. It's a fabulous film. It's a very interesting story. I'm dying to read it. I've, I've seen the movie. I've times, never read it, but I've never yeah, read it. But I've so never read it. Mm-hmm. But I'm really excited about that. So that's going to be coming up in our next episode. We also have a special episode coming up where we're interviewing someone, but that's a, it's a little bonus thing that we're going to be offering mm-hmm. for funsies. We're really excited about. And please, at all those places that I mentioned at the top of the show, if you want to send us your suggestions, that would be amazing. Once again, our email is book versus movie podcast at gmail.com. And Margo, where can they find you? You can find me online at coloniabook.com and all of my social media callouts are at She's Nacho Mama. And where can they find you? You could find me at Brooklyn Margo on Twitter. My blog is Brooklyn Fit Chick. My Instagram is Brooklyn Fit Chick. And my TikTok is at Margo Donahue. And I put a lot of clips there from the movie if you're interested. All right, everyone. Thank you so much. We'll be back soon with a new episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Book Versus Movie Podcast. We are a part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more podcasts you will love at frolic.media forward slash podcasts. We follow the hashtags Lady Pod Squad and Potter and Family. If you want to support the show, you can go to our Patreon page, go to P-A-T-R-E-O-N, and look for Book Versus Movie Podcast. We have a basic Facebook page, but we also have a private Facebook group. Go to Facebook and type in Book VS Movie Podcast group if you want to join that. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Book Versus Movie. Spell all those words out. If you'd like to send us an email, it's Book Versus Movie Podcast, spell it all out, at gmail.com. You could follow Margot D at Brooklyn Fit Chick on social media and Margot P at She's Nacho Mama. Thanks so much again for checking out our show and we'll be back soon.